What is going on, guys? It is Angelo from Fear the Beard Football Podcast. Um, got a jam-packed episode tonight. Chilling over here with Jay Tap. He is playing some Uncharted 4 right now. Um, Stavo will be here a little bit later on tonight. I'll be doing kind of like my own little solo thing. I'll be recording an episode with him as well. So kind of knocking out two videos tonight. So like I said, it is pretty uh, jam-packed. First thing I wanted to get into tonight is we've all been seeing the hype going on around lately with Deshaun Watson and how he's trying to force his way out of Houston. I really kind of wanted to talk about this because to me it just like, first of all, I completely 100% get it. And, you know, this isn't football related right here. The, the like, it's just for Houston in general, just the, just as a, the like, the city as a sports community, because Harden getting traded to the Nets. You know, Russell Westbrook got shipped to the Wizards. George Springer for the Houston Astros just left to go and play for the Toronto Blue Jays. There is so much star power leaving that whole entire community. I just, I feel so bad for Houston as a sports community in general. It's, you know, it's really, um, it's just sad, man, honestly. And, and I mean, at least for the Houston Texans side, if you really want to just go and put the blame on someone, obviously it's Bill O'Brien. And, and you know, the, the problem's been corrected, and I feel like better things are coming for the Houston Texans way down the road because right now they don't have collateral at all. But I believe, obviously, Bill O'Brien is the... I mean, he's he's got to be. Like, there's no one that would argue with me on that. To me, this is just, first of all, it, he's just a man that got had an inflated ego for absolutely nothing. And, you know, he bet the farm and bet on himself, and he just completely botched it. I mean, and, and he's put, Texas, he's put like, Houston at at a, at a ground zero, basically. Like, it, it is ground zero for the Texans. You know, if you really dive into the situation, they're a cap-strapped, or, cap-strapped organization, and they don't have any draft picks in the first round, the only way this team becomes successful is if, like, if they keep Deshaun Watson, the only way this team becomes successful is if they end up hitting on a lot of their late-round picks. And that's something that we haven't seen happen since. I mean, recently it did with New Orleans. If you remember the year they got Kamara, they also got Marshawn Lattimore in that draft. And then they, they got somebody else. I, I can't remember his name real quick. But, I mean, you know, they had a very stacked draft one year. But but that doesn't happen that often. We very rarely see teams, like, hit multiple times in the later rounds. Not only in the same draft, but for consecutive years. I mean, that doesn't happen. I mean, aside from the Patriots. But, I mean, that's that's an outlier in itself. You You know, that's only been done one time. First of all, like, it definitely, like, no matter what, I don't think, I don't think there's any way Deshaun Watson doesn't play for the Texans ever again because you don't force your way out the way he's doing it and not, like, you know, and then wind up suiting up for a team. I mean, granted, it kind of did happen with Harden, but, like, that was a little late into the offseason. So, I mean, it was really hard to find a deal and, and, you know, just whatever. But, yeah, we're we're not even in the beginning of the offseason. We're still in the playoffs. So the the season hasn't even ended. It just it makes sense. First of all, like 
you know, you're getting rid of the Bill O'Brien regime, which he brought in guys like Jadavian Clowney. He brought in guys like Deion, you know, drafted basically. Like, that's what I mean. Like, he's responsible for drafting these guys. And, you know, then he goes on. And, and I, w- I was just looking at that earlier, and I'm like, you know what? This guy did draft Deshaun Watson. He drafted DeAndre Hopkins, Jadavian Clowney. I think he was there for the J- – I mean, was he there for J.J. Wise? He been a coach that long? I can't remember. I, if I can't remember, I'm not going to say that he did. But still, like – He's literally given like all these guys are basically gone now. Like Deshaun Watson, he's not gone officially, but he is gone. And so all of those guys that were just great players are gone for absolutely nothing. Now, Deshaun Watson, they can still get a haul for him. I've been seeing around the NFL that they're saying that the Panthers are, you know, the betting odds to get him. I I mean, me as a Panthers fan, I, I would much rather have Deshaun Watson than Teddy Bridgewater, don't get me wrong. But what I'm seeing is it's going to take DJ Moore, Jeremy Chin, and potentially like you know our next two first-round draft picks, and maybe some later-round draft picks as well. Like I would imagine to overcompensate that we probably don't want to give up three first-round picks. That's not a smart thing to do. Nobody ever wins when you give up consecutive first-round draft picks in any sport. Um, and Jeremy Chin is great. I think, you know, he's going to, in my opinion, I think he's going to be great. He's not great yet, but he's, he's very, very promising. A lot of people were so mad when we drafted Isaiah Simmons and just failed to realize that Jeremy Chin was actually, you know, showing that he was better than him in a lot of categories. And so we basically got Isaiah Simmons in the second round because he played above what Isaiah Simmons played this year and I'm getting sidetracked, but yeah. That would take too much, in my opinion. And I just feel like, but that, but, you know, like they're the betting odds. Like that's the top three teams. It, it does make sense, though, because we definitely, like, would get a massive upgrade on the quarterback side. Um, but logically, logically thinking, it, the one team that comes to mind that makes the most sense to me is definitely the New York Jets. And, I mean, I'm not, like, breaking any news by saying this or anything. But what I'm trying to say is I've sat down and thought about it. And if you just really look, you know, they, they whiffed on getting the number one overall pick. I don't know if they were actually – like, they, they were legitimately trying to do it, in my opinion. I don't understand them getting the two wins and letting Jacksonville get it. But whatever. That's, you know, that's neither here nor there. There's no reason to dwell on the past. But when you look at it, first of all, from – from the Jets' standpoint, I know they have Sam Darnold, but if you're Sam Darnold, why do you want to play for the Jets? Because they literally, at the beginning of the season, told you, like, they're not sold on you, and they want to go on ahead and try and get Trevor Lawrence. Because this team was very capable of winning five games this year. They, they were. I mean, and a lot of that was before the Jamal Adams trade, but this team was capable of doing much, much more. Once they traded Jamal Adams, they knew exactly what they were doing. And they went out and they tried their best to get the, um, you know, tried their best to get the number one overall pick. I don't know what shaked up the last three weeks and everything, but but yeah. If you're Sam Darnold, you don't want to play for the Jets anymore because they're not 100% sold on you. The Jets, you you basically just did this to your quarterback. You might as well go on ahead. Like, you chose not to develop him for a whole entire year. Go on ahead and let him, like, because he can be good. I'm sorry. Like, look at, like, he's had nothing... They tried their best to lose. You can watch the games and you'll go back and see 
a lot of it was not on Sam Darnold. Like, he did make bad decisions, but he didn't have anything to work with. There's a lot of times where I've saw that he made the right decision. I feel like put in the right situation, he can actually be a legitimate franchise quarterback. Uh, You know, aside from all that, it's better for them to move on from Sam Darnold as well. So that, that part, like, there's the availability of a quarterback at that point. And they even have him for trade bait if, you know, Houston wants to trade him. So with that being said, now let's look at it as, you know, the Texans, they do not have a lot of first rounders. They have no first rounders this year. And I, I believe possibly next year, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty positive. They don't have a first round pick this year or next year. Um, well, the Jets seem to have five first round picks over the course of the next two years. They have the most draft capital of any team in the NFL at this moment. And in, even in, even into next year, too. So, for a team that definitely needs draft capital to try to rebuild on an aging, awful roster that has just been on the decline for the last couple of years, that would help fix that problem. Also, you have no money. You you don't have any money. You're broke. That's It's because... Because and that's why I go back to Bill O'Brien screwing up this whole entire thing and with him and his temper tantrum. Because he he forced this team into being cap strapped. Like, look at Laramie Tunsil's contract. He he's getting ate up with there's they're getting hit massively because of him. Now he's a good left tackle, but he is not worth being paid the top left tackle in the game. Don't you know he's not. You you can't sell me that at all. He is overly paid and it's because Bill O'Brien forced Dwayne Brown out and traded him to Seattle because he would not give him a contract extension because he was aging. He was trying to be Bill Belichick and you can't be Bill Belichick. It's almost like what, like I go back to some of the things like with sports and stuff like that. I remember when LeBron came to the Lakers and he told them, he was like, you know, we can't try to be the Warriors. We have to beat them in a different way. If you try to beat the Warriors at their own game, you're going to lose. If you're going to try to beat the Patriots at their own game, you're going to lose. You cannot be Bill Belichick. Be Bill O'Brien. Be something different. And he tried too hard to be that. But that was like the first domino that started falling in Houston was the Dwayne Brown debacle. And then once you go on ahead and trade him away and... Now you go on ahead and you give up, I think they gave up two first rounders for, um, it was the Miami trade for Laramie Tunsil. So at that point, you have now given him all of, you've given him all the hand. I mean, he has the upper hand in this whole entire deal. You, you basically have traded away your future. So there's nothing, you have no leg to stand on. You have to pay him. Because what are you going to do? Give up two first-rounders and then just let him walk? No. So Bill O'Brien put himself in that situation. I, I just want to go on ahead and get that out there. Like, that was the first domino to fall. DeAndre Hopkins, and, and, and realistically, if I am Kyle McNair for the Houston Texans, the second I catch wind of DeAndre Hopkins and a second-round draft pick getting shipped over to the Arizona Cardinals for David Johnson, a second-round and a fourth rounder, basically swapping what was it? They were swapping second round picks, I think it was, and then they got a fourth, and then David, yeah, like the the second I I even like listen to that in my mind, I am immediately calling up Bill O'Brien and firing him. I get that it's like so close to the regular season, and that is not an ideal time to do it. But I mean, at least step in and veto it. There's no way you make that you know decision 
DeAndre Hopkins is legitimately the only reason why, like, I mean, not, I mean, Deshaun Watson's good, don't get me wrong, but, like, Deshaun Watson does need him. He's a good quarterback, yes, but the defense is so bad and everything else is so bad that, like, DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson were needed for that team to be on the level that they were at. So, I, I mean, me personally, I would fire that dude as soon as I saw that. And that, that would have been the end of it all. But he went on ahead and made that trade and just put this team in a situation. Like, then you go out and get Brandon Cooks. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, Brandon Cooks is a solid player, don't get me wrong. But he's not a number one receiving option by no means. I mean, and that's no disrespect to Brandon Cooks at all. Because, like I said, he's a tremendous receiver. He worked with New Orleans. You know, he needs people around him. Like, he worked with New Orleans. They had weapons. And, I mean, Drew Brees hands it to you 50 yards away. And he obviously worked in New England because Tom Brady, I mean, Tom Brady's Tom Brady. So, you know, and he worked in L.A. because they had, you know, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and all these weapons. And Sean McVay just knows how to draw up plays. So, I mean, he's, but he's not going to necessarily work in Houston with nothing around him. Like, he had solid games, but he's just not a number one receiving option. He is complemented by, by, you know, surrounding pieces. So, I don't, I don't even know what he was trying to do there. I never understood that thought process. It's just, to me, it's just baffling. You know, I don't know. I love body armor, man. I love that stuff. Basically, though, I 100% side with Deshaun Watson. And, I, I mean, if you don't, I'm sorry, man. I don't. I just don't get, like, why anyone out there. Because, like, I see so many people. You know, I'll be scrolling through stuff. And, and I like to just read stuff. I, I don't like to chime in a, a, a lot, a lot. Some days I get in my tangents, whatever. Anyway. But, um, I'll just see people talking about how, like, this is uncharacteristic. Deshaun, you're better than this. You know, players should just play out their contract. And then you hear some people like, oh, God, I hope this doesn't turn into the NBA. Like, I said that earlier, I think. But still, why? Like, put yourself in Deshaun Watson's shoes for a second. Sit down and really, really think about it. Imagine you are, like, I believe he's 25. I, I He's somewhere in that whatever. He's around that age. Imagine you're 25 years old and you're looking at it and you're like, wow, you know, there was a guy that came into the NFL a few years before I did and he just retired a couple of years ago and he was in a very similar situation that I was in. We all know who I'm talking about right now, I'm talking about Andrew Luck. And, you, and if you're Deshaun Watson, you're sitting down and you see that before, I think it was, what was it, Ryan Grigson? Was that his name, the GM for the Colts? I can't remember. But but anyway, the former GM for the Colts before Chris Ballard took over did not know how to build a roster. He hadn't drafted a, like an offensive lineman in the first like four rounds in in at least five years. I want to say I can't remember, but like it was it was awful. Like he was not protecting Andrew Luck, and he was really just just legit supermaning them to 11 and five. And then even when they were like dropped off on talent for a little bit, when like went on that eight and eight tangent for a little while when he was getting hurt constantly, like, yeah, you're, you're looking at, you, you just watch, you just saw that. Like he was growing up in college watching that, sh you know, watching that shit. Like I don't, so put yourself in those shoes that you just watched a man retire because he literally was like, I'm getting sick and tired of rehabbing. 
Do you want to be that? Do you? I mean, like, it takes so much on your body to play football. And, the, and like, you know, Deshaun Watson, the way he plays, there's not enough, like, sand in the hourglass like there is for a, a guy like Tom Brady. And I don't mean, like, right now, because obviously Deshaun Watson is going to play a lot longer than Tom Brady is going to play, you know, from today till whenever Brady retires. But I'm talking about all time. Brady sits in the pocket. Like I say, he sits on a lawn chair, basically. He's not moving around. Deshaun Watson will be moving around the pocket. He'll take off running. So, I mean, he's going to be put in duress more. Like, his career is not going to be, like, he's not going to play till he's 45 or else he'd be dead. Deshaun Watson's going to most likely wind up like Donovan McNabb, and he'll be good up until he's about 33, 34, you know, maybe even 35. You know, and that, that would be good for him. Like, something like, a, you know, Steve McNair as well. But since... But since they're a little more mobile, they're not going to last that long. I, and it's just because you, when you put your body into rest, like, retirement's going to come sooner. It's just, you know, nature of the beast. That's no slight at Deshaun Watson. But before that happens, he's going to put up great numbers. I mean, he's already the, like, career NFL passer rating leader, or like, I think in completion percentage. He leads the NFL all-time in completion percentage at the moment, over 67%. So... We know he is a beast, and he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. In my opinion, I would say he's, you know, just off the dome top three. I mean, I'd have to draw it out, but if I had to, you know, he's definitely top three worthy. If 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 you have him in your top three, I can't really argue with that. So, you know, I mean, like, Houston just needs to do the right thing in this scenario because they definitely need to rebuild, and it's just not – it would be the respectful thing not to let Deshaun Watson go through a rebuild in what's going to be the prime years of his career. Because like I said, he's about 25, 26. He has about eight years left of dominance, probably. And then you're going to definitely see a noticeable drop-off. Once he starts to decline, it's going to be like Cam Newton. It's going to go down fast. That's how it happens with these types of quarterbacks. Now, if he becomes more of a pocket passer as his like time progresses, then maybe that like buys him a bit more time. But I'm just going based off of what I've recently seen and what I've seen for every quarterback of that style. But I think he's going to last a bit longer. So let him go on ahead and compete for a championship with a team. And honestly, like the Jets don't have a bad defense. CJ Mosley like is a very solid piece. They still have a lot of draft picks in the later rounds. Like you could potentially like put together a good roster. They also have a lot of cap space. So they can go out and sign guys. And I, I guarantee you, if you bring in Deshaun Watson, first and foremost, everything gets fixed on the Jets. That's number one. If you have a good quarterback, it cures it it, it cures all ails. And I'm sorry, like if the Texans can go six and ten with um with Deshaun Watson, I, I guarantee you that the, the base Jets can do the same thing. And with all the money that they have, they can go on ahead and get guys that are going to help them get better. And they'll be able to compete. Now, even if they don't, he can wind up going to New England, I think. That's a viable option because we all know Bill Belichick is just a master. You know, he's just a master in the art of the deal. So, if he went to New England, that definitely would not shock me. But yeah, no, like if I'm a betting man, I'm definitely putting my money on the Jets just because, you know, 
a lot of people laugh about it, but they really, it makes the most sense. They, they have the cap space. They have the collateral. They can still build around him. They could, they can make a lot of things work. And I mean, like also, like I said, Sam Darnold, it just makes sense with Sam Darnold because they can also trade him to Houston and then they can build with him. And that also puts more faith. I mean, like it, it not more faith. I'm sorry. That puts Sam Darnold in a situation for a team that has faith in him, because I mean, granted, they didn't they didn't spend the first round draft pick on him, but they're at least gonna try to make it work because they just gave up a franchise quarterback for him. I mean, granted, there's other things in there, but yeah, like I like I said, I 100% side with um, Deshaun Watson on that. I and if you don't like you don't, but I'm sorry, man. Like I I feel him. It's just going to be another Andrew Luck situation if he doesn't. He's going to waste about four years going through a rebuild, and he doesn't even know if that's going to work or not. So just do the right thing, Houston. That's the only thing that I have to say is just do the right thing. Moving on, though, um, you know, I kind of wanted to throw this in there today because I woke up to it, I saw it, and... It just kind of felt like I had to. Uh, we all know Philip Rivers retired today. And, um, you know, he spent 17 years in the NFL. 16 of that with the San Diego and Los Angeles Chargers. Um, then, obviously, he spent his last year with the Indianapolis Colts. And it was just... When I first looked at it, I'm not going to lie to you guys, like, it... I made the comparison that it was like watching that kind of was like, and I'm going to get into my like comparison or my analogy with whatever, but like, it was just like going outside as a kid or like what? No, I'm sorry. It was almost like watching yourself go outside as a kid and play with all of your friends for the last time. If you kind of get where I'm going with this, like this is what I mean by that. Cause I grew up watching Phillip Rivers. I'm not a Chargers fan. I'm not a Colts fan, but I grew up watching Phillip Rivers. I grew up watching Peyton Manning. I grew up watching Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, um, Brett Favre, all these guys, Tony Romo. When I was a kid and I was like getting into football and, and when I like first discovered my love of football, these were the guys that were playing quarterback in the NFL. The first time I ever really like watched a legitimate game with Super Bowl 40 when I was 10 and that was Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers playing Matthew Hassel back in the Seattle Seahawks back you know we all remember that at least I do you know that fake lateral that lateral pass that Antoine Randall did it just you know all that stuff man I don't know anyway it's just you know, we saw Brett Favre retire in 2010. We saw Peyton Manning go out in 2015. Tony Romo left a little bit afterwards because, you know, of injuries and Dak Prescott coming. Actually, well, the next year in 2016. But still. Um, Eli Manning goes. Drew Brees is, you know, he's most likely gone. I mean, he's going to be an announcer next year, I think. He had already signed the contract, so... He just says that he wants to, you know, take a little bit of time and wait, but I think he's just going to do it after the playoffs. So, 
you know, we're about to see him go. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I don't know how long he's going to play. Um, you know, maybe four more years. I don't know. But then you have Tom Brady who, I, well, you know, Tom Brady's always going to be around. I'm going to be watching this dude play when I'm 50. So, I mean, I saw Joe Biden sign some papers today and I was like, you know what? That's going to be Tom Brady when he's 74 years old going after his 14th ring, signing his like 15th contract extension with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just constantly signing two-year deals for $50 million, something like that. I don't know. But, like, this is a cliche thing to do, but I just want to go over, like, Phillip Rivers' career real quick. Just, you know, I, I he had a really good career. I'm just saying. Um, of the 17 years that he was a starter or he was a, you know, football player, quarterback in the NFL, whatever, that was weird. But of those 17 years, he was a starter for 15 of them. And he ended up amassing a record of 123 and 101. So, you know, I mean, you could say that that's like mediocre, but look at the team that he got drafted to. I'm going to get into that a little bit later. Um, finished out with 421 passing yards which is one touchdown ahead of Dan Marino, which places him fifth all-time in the NFL in passing touchdowns. And he, um, let's see, what else did he do? That was his charger statistics. I had these rode down a little bit because I'm like awful at remembering numbers. But no, he threw for 6,300 yards, um, 63,440, you know, to be exact, and completed a total of 64.9% of his passes. And a lot of you, like, first of all, when you look at the sheer numbers, like I said, it ranks him fifth all-time in passing yards, fifth all-time in touchdowns. But when you go and really sit down and look at, like, Phillip Rivers' career and why his to mine stands out, um, you know, first of all, I remember in 2006 he came in as the starter. Um, we had just seen Drew Brees left, uh, leave San Diego at the time and, you know, went on to his career with New Orleans, and he was about to start that because of the whole neck injury problems. You start looking at it, and you're like, they had Marty Schottenheimer as their head coach. They went 14-2 and two in 2006, lost. In, and I believe they lost in the divisional round of the Patriots. I can't remember. Not 100% sure. But they were like a legitimate team. They went on and won four consecutive division titles, which were the only ones, I believe, that Phillip Rivers actually won as a Charger. So they were set. But the... That year, they fired Marty Schottenheimer. If you and, and so that shows a little bit of the dysfunction. You had just come off of a 14 and two record with a quarterback who's enter who just finished up his third year in the NFL, first as a starter, and put up some solid numbers. So you see that out the gate, and that just that's the first sign of the dysfunction. Well, it was like. I mean, like the first one that I'm telling you about, because we all know Eli Manning got drafted by the Chargers. You know, he was, what, number one overall. And Archie did not want him to play for him because he was like, I don't want my son to have to deal with the same dysfunction I dealt with when I was playing for New Orleans. So we already knew they were a dysfunctional organization. And Phillip Rivers provided stability in an organization that bad. And towards the end of his career, they even tried to, like, do a tiny rebuild. Like, they hired Mike McCoy and, like, now, this is like a deep in the NFL to know, but like if you hire Mike McCoy to either be your head coach or your offensive coordinator, you are legitimately trying to tank. You are trying your best to tank. 
I mean, you don't even like you could be the most layman football mind in the in in any form, just a regular person. And if you sit there and watch a Mike McCoy run offense, like go back and watch the Cardinals when they were um, put off that what it was they went two and fourteen and or something like that and got Kyler Murray. Go back and watch them and go back and watch the Chargers from the previous years. And I will tell you, eighty percent of the you if you had like called the play and said that they're gonna run it up the middle, you'd be would have been correct eighty percent of the time. Just because that's what a Mike McCoy offense is. Run up the middle, run up the middle, run up the middle. And so it's it's almost like an unwritten thing in the NFL that if you um if you want to lose, just hire Mike McCoy, um and they they did that in twenty, I don't know, I mean whatever the year before Kyler Murray got drafted it was how they got Joey Bosa, but that's the type of stuff that they did to Philip Rivers like they were trying to go through a rebuild towards the very end of his career, so you know I feel real bad for the guy because he like. You know, he never went to a Super Bowl. You know, he, he he played in 12 playoff games. He went 5-7, and seven, you know, as a starter in the playoffs. He had a very pedestrian record. And, I mean, he gets he catches a lot of flack because, you know, he didn't have, like, two Super Bowls like Eli had or two Super Bowls like Ben Roethlisberger had. But, like, look at, you know, at the time when, when, when Eli won his two Super Bowls, the Giants were a very well-run organization. And they had a culture. And, like, look at the Steelers. I mean, you know, in the beginning of Ben Roethlisberger's career, he, for a little bit, had Bill Cowler, but for two seasons, two, three three years, maybe, something like that. But ever since then, it's been Mike Tomlin. You know, he's had so much stability in his whole entire – he's he's ran the same offense, basically. And and just – so, and we, we all know what the Steelers are. Like, aside from the Patriots, that is, hands down, the most stable organization to play for. So stop, I mean, like, you know, you can compare the two because they all are on the same level. I mean, they're all all-time passers and touchdowns and yardage. They're all on the same level. But when you look at who they went to as an organization standpoint, Eli Manning and Ben Roethlisberger definitely got the longer end of the wishbone. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I believe that... One day, Philip Rivers and his forty children are gonna wind up. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, they're gonna wind up at Canton, Ohio, and he's gonna be putting on a gold jacket. Um, and just a lot of people just aren't on that model. Like I, I'm a believer. He deserves to be there. Like that was a very dysfunctional franchise. Now admit, um, not Mitch Trubisky. I don't know why I want to call Justin Herbert that Justin Herbert, in my opinion, you know, I think he's going to go on to have a great career, but I think a lot of the same stuff, things are going to happen. This team is so dysfunctional. Just go and look at like every time they draft, they're always one of the last teams to sign their first round pick. They never want, they never bring in talent. As far as like through free agency, nobody really wants to sign there, and it's because this team is just so like dysfunctionally ran. And and Philip Rivers provided a stability that they just needed at the time. And then I mean like it didn't translate into anything, but like he had a successful career out of it. Like look at, I don't know, man. I just I want to take a moment and I just want to sit there and remember Philip Rivers on that. So, you know, that's kind of like my thing. I I feel real really. Really, just it's a nostalgia thing about Philip Rivers, 
and just the rest of the guys that are, you know, like, that I grew up watching. It's just sad to see them retire, to be honest with you. But I'm happy for him. Like, he said he's ready to retire, and, you know, he knows he can still play. He knows he can still sling the rock. But it's a decision that he made as a man. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. He's doing that for himself and his family. And I love it, and I wish the best for him. So, guys, um, took a quick little intermission because we, uh, you know, Stavo finally showed up. So, Stavo is on here. I'm glad to, you know, have him back for a little bit. What's going on, bud? I have arrived. It's the number one draft pick, Stavo Jones, in this bitch. Um, yes, yes. I am happy to be here. Um, even though my predictions uh, from last week did not go as how I wanted them to, we're not going to go through that uh, right now. Uh I'm just going to say glad to be back. Angelo, thanks for having me. Um, go ahead and kick this thing off. Let's get it. Well, yeah, man. Like, So I had coordinated with you because we were going to kind of go over the quarterback carousel because um, we all know that there's going to be a bunch of moving parts in this offseason. Oh, most definitely. So I kind of wanted to give my opinion. I want to have a little bit of fun today on that segment because I want to give my opinion. I'm going to choose one team in particular that I think a couple of these quarterbacks are going to go to, and then I'm going to kind of give my reason why, and then we're going to basically do the same for you. Um, I'm going to kick it off, though. So the first one is going to be Sam Darnold. That is uh, the first guy that I wanted to talk about. So um, you weren't here for this, but I talked about necessarily the Deshaun Watson situation. Right. And I feel like the Jets make the most sense for him because of all the capital and all that. So, and that would almost likely kind of make Sam Darnold go to the Texans, but I felt like it would be a little vanilla to just kind of play off that. So I figured I'd have fun and go with a different scenario. I personally think the Denver Broncos actually make the most sense for Sam Darnold. They're always hunting for a quarterback. They are. Always. And I mean, I feel like Sam Darnold, first of all, I just feel like he's not gotten the, the a fair shake at all. Nope. He, got, he got two years and they did spend a little bit of money in the off season one year. And, but they've like, you know, when you go and trade away all these guys and you do all this and then you basically say at the beginning of the year, like, hey, look, we're basically tanking because that's exactly what they were doing. And look at his coaches, too. Yeah. That's, a, that's another thing. It's like you can tank. But at the same time, like who's developing your quarterback? You got uh, what, what's the first guy? Ty Bowles. Ty Bowles. He was a defensive minded quarterback. Mm -hmm. He's definitely not a quarterback known as the uh, person to develop the quarterback. Um, and then, you know, you fire him. You bring in uh, Adam, Gates. Adam Gates. Uh, runs the slowest offense. Not much better. No. I mean, he really – he's had a, a very tough shake being in the NFL for a short period of time that he's had, yeah. No, I, Adam Gates, in my opinion, I, I don't even want him back in the NFL as a quarterback. <laughs> no. Like, he is just like the definition of a garbage coach. I mean, and just – he holds too many grudges. He he just hurts Sam Darnold so much. Absolutely. And I feel like John Elway, you know, like we all know what he was as a quarterback. Yeah. Um, And Sam Darnold's, you know, he's a former like top 10 pick. That is for sure. Absolutely. You know, they have a young receiving core there. KJ Hamler, like is a dynamic speed receiver. They got Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Yeah. You know, they also have Noah fan. They've got a dynamic running back core right now with, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, and even um, the forgotten man, uh, Royce Freeman, yeah. who they drafted in the first round. Absolutely. Um, and that defense, if they get it right at quarterback, 
this defense could legit, if the offense is humming, this defense could easily be a top 10 unit. It could be a playoff team. Yeah. They, they can. They have a very solid core. Like, they have one of the best secondaries in the NFL. Yeah. And I feel like if they if Sam Darnold is given the chance to develop properly, now they have Vic Fangio down there who is also a defensive-minded guy. Yeah. But if they get the right OC in there, mm-hmm. and, you know, they have a solid organization, and that sense of stability could work for a guy like Sam Darnold. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I really trust Denver with quarterbacks because I've seen what they've done with the talent that they have at quarterback for the past couple years, and it hasn't been any talent. Yeah. But the what they've been able to accomplish with those quarterbacks is, yeah, they haven't been able to get far as far as winning games, but you've shown they've shown some things like, okay, well they're they're actually developing these guys. Well, they know how to like they do know how to construct a roster. And it's mm-hmm. always been they just can't get it right at the quarterback position. Right. And I feel like Sam Darnold has the best potential for them to go after because I'm not sure if they're hundred percent sold on Drew Locke. Yeah. I mean, and I could be very wrong. Like this is something that can never happen, but if you're not 100% sold on Drew Locke, he's in his rookie deal. Same with Sam Darnold. It's not going to cost you money to have two quarterbacks. And honestly, like now I understand the old adage, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. But this is gonna this would push like Sam Darnold at this point is now like, I have to fight for my NFL career now. Yep. Once you go to a second team, you only get so many chances. Exactly. Exactly. And and look, the thing is, is that yeah. He he might have uh, had some things working against him at the Jets. I mean, he was at the the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, that's like it was almost like back in the day. You can't really give someone like discredit someone for failing with the Browns yeah. before, and it's like now it's like that with the Jets. Yeah. But I kind of I kind of had Sam Donald or any quarterback. Uh, well, a lot of the quarterbacks right now, um, the Colts are yeah. a prime time lo- uh, location. Right now, for a good, I mean, for you to insert a quarter, insert a quarterback, um, if you want to win, that's that's really all that they need right now. So, uh, I can see the Broncos too. I wasn't really thinking that way, but definitely the Colts. If they have some interest in Sam Donald, I think that he can definitely uh, make some waves there, um, if not in Denver. That was definitely one of my teams to choose because they are they are a legitimate quarterback away absolutely from being a competitive team yes i could i could definitely see indianapolis too just i mean i wanted to choose them i actually run up a lot of madden franchise yeah. with, and, and like with the colts that sometimes like i'll be take i'll be like trading for sam darnold yeah as the colts i've done that a few times it, so it's like kind of like you know just i'm like yeah simulation same wavelength almost but yeah no nah, it definitely could work because we saw what jonathan taylor did at the end of the year yep. frank reich we know what he did for Carson Wentz back in 2017 as the offensive coordinator for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And he, if anyone can make a quarterback work, someone who's dealt with this fun, and this is actually a really good run organization. I love Chris Ballard as a GM. Absolutely. So I feel like if you go on ahead and get a guy like Sam Darnold, he is, he's young. He's only 23 because he left. Um, he was only 20 when he came into the NFL, I right. believe 20 or 21. So he's either 23, 24, and he's not a mobile quarterback, so he has longevity. If he, if they, if if like Sam Darnold can turn it around, this is a guy that can play for at least another bare minimum fifteen years. And you still got him on that rookie deal right now, exactly. Like said, so, and you can still get the fifth year option. And even if you're still not sold, quarterbacks do sign for one to two bridge deals. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Bridge, yeah. Like that makes perfect sense, man. I'm kind of glad you said that. Like, I, I really kind of wanted to choose the Colts. And 
going to my little rant. But, but you know, the thing is, is that the Colts have, like, they're pretty much the pick of the litter right now. Because yeah. just like we can see that they're a quarterback away, all the quarterbacks that's on the market right now can see that as well. Well, and they're definitely getting somebody because Phillip Rivers did, just retired. And, you know, they, they did the Jacoby Brissett experiment. And if they have to go with Jacoby Brissett, they will. Yeah. Um, But... We know that didn't work out. They went seven and nine with him. We saw that Philip Rivers provided four extra wins, mm-hmm. obviously because they went eleven and five. So you know, with a a better quarterback, and and I mean Philip Rivers didn't even play like he he has in the past, in my opinion. No, he hasn't. Like he he really uh, played this probably some of his best football in a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah like he he played pretty good. So I. I think if they do get a guy like Sam Darnold, they're gonna get somebody this off season, and he could be one of the guys. Um, my next one though was Carson Wentz and, and my obvious choice for them is the Colts, um, for the same reasons that I'd went into before, but also because of the Frank Wright connection. Um, but I figured since I've kind of made that analogy, I would kind of go in a different direction with another team. And I feel like the San Francisco 49ers make the most sense for him. That's a good one right there. That's a good one. Yes. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, uh, as dealing with just a play-action quarterback with Garoppolo, and everybody was so sold on Garoppolo last year, not Mm -hmm. this year, but last year. They were like, oh, yeah, Garoppolo, he's great. I was one of those people. You're not understanding. He can only be successful in play-action. He's a lot like Jared Goff. Only. Yeah. But Jared Goff can make some throws. I mean, he kind of can. In the pocket. He can. He's done it before. You know what I'm saying? He can do it to, enough to win you 10 games. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't give that same credit to J- uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. No way. No way possible. So, like, with them separating from Jimmy Garoppolo or at least giving them a battle where he has to fight for, uh, I don't think he's going to get much better. But I do think that if Carson Wentz is going to succeed – which I don't see happening. I think he's trash. But, um, and the only reason I say that is because... Well, he hasn't shown us in the last few years. But, I mean, still, Philly, I'm not taking a lot away from him, but I'm going to say Philly is a hard place to play in because they don't forget anything. No, they don't. They're some of the the hardest fans to please. You can't please them with anything less than the Super Bowl. No, I mean, like, yeah, you really can't. Period. So, like, with them, with him going, being in Philly... I think he's just itching to get out. I don't think he cares where he goes at this point. He can go to the Texans. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Like, I think he is just ready to Absolutely. go. Straight up, man. Yeah. I think, and well, like, I don't think he's trash. He's he's played bad. He played awful this season. He was one of the worst quarterbacks this season. So, this year, he definitely was trash. 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 T-Rash. <laughs> T-Rash. <laughs> So, yeah, he, he was pretty awful this season. And, and in the last couple of years, he hasn't been. I mean, he has been kind of. He was of. the MVP uh, He was the MVP before he got in 2017. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Like, and I feel like that just with, first of all, the Eagles have been very unhealthy the last few years. They they haven't been drafting properly. They, I mean, so a lot of that play, put like with, with dealing with all that, it's so hard to overcome. And then a lot of the injuries have been with the offensive line. They got too noisy, in my opinion, and I just feel like a fresh start would work. And just go back and like, for, I love what San Francisco's doing. Like, I love what what John Lynch is doing as yeah. the GM. Kyle Shanahan, like, look at what he did with Kirk Cousins back as the OC with the Redskins back when they were the Redskins. Right. Like, you know, when Kirk Cousins was playing down there. So 
He was having his best years yes, with Kyle Shanahan. Facts. Absolutely. Matt Ryan, when they went to the Super Bowl and he won his MVP, who was his OC? Was, yeah. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Okay. And then Jimmy G. Like, he is not really a great quarterback. He puts the quarterbacks in position to succeed. You and can't take that away And he took Jimmy G to yeah. a Super Bowl. Yeah. Absolutely. So if anyone can revive his career, like I think Frank Reich obviously fits the bill in, in Indianapolis because he was the one that did it for Carson. Yeah. But if there's any other person that's right for the job, it's Kyle Shanahan. I, I like that. I like that analysis. I didn't even think on that wavelength uh, because I just took him as trash. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, in that in that situation, I can see how he can possibly be successful. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. I, well, I mean, like, also, if anything – I just feel like I feel like Kyle Shanahan just needs a warm body. Yeah, you know that's all he needs. He just needs a warm body. They're gonna run the ball anyway. Because yeah, <laughs> like and you can put anybody in that backfield. Absolutely. In my opinion. Absolutely. And like they're gonna run like and, and running backs wise, you can put anybody in that Their backfield. Their offensive line is mm-hmm. ridiculous. Well, and like they do have a solid defense. If they can sustain drives, yeah, that defense is definitely top five. Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, like first of all. They they traded um, DeForest Buckner to Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and they they used that draft pick that they got from them to get Javon Kinlaw, mm-hmm. which I liked, and I felt like that was a great move. But he was a rookie this year. Give him this offseason to improve. Oh yeah, and I guarantee you, next year that that defense is going to be humming like it was when they were going to the Super Bowl. Most definitely, this is going to be a different team. And even if Jimmy G is the guy under center, or if it's Carson Wentz or somebody, <clears throat> you know. I feel like this team is going to be a lot different next year than they were this year. Like they're like losing your like a defensive lineman like DeForest Buckner. Yeah, is really tough because like there's so many like he can just get to the quarterback so fast. Like yeah. he's a mini Aaron Donald. Yeah, and they had a lot of um, injuries at the beginning of the year yeah. to their offensive line too, like Nick Bosa. Yeah, like on the, the defensive oh, line. Oh man, yeah. Nick Bosa was a huge loss. That, yeah, that was a huge loss. So like with him, I mean, I can't say enough about that guy. The way he gets to the oh, quarterback. He's, he's a monster. <laughs> like, I want whatever the Bosa family is yeah. drinking. Like, I want to be that and, like, just that massive of a person. Yeah. Give I'm, me that. I'm telling you, man. Like, uh, but, no, I'm, I'm a 49ers fan. Before I was a – before the Carolina had a team. Yeah. That's my team right there, the 49ers. And um, I'm talking about Steve Young, Jerry, Jerry Rice. Man, how old are you? I've never even <laughs> – Man, I'm 30. I'll be 35 this year, You'll man. You'll be 35 this year? Okay, so like we have a 10-year age gap. Okay, so yeah. that's like when you was coming up. Oh, like, yeah, man. Like, I, I I never forget that. I never forget um, those Super Bowls. Uh, never forget how we uh, uh, raced the Cowboys uh, from their Super Bowl run that they were making during the 90s. And I'm saying this like this because I'm looking at one person in the room uh, because they made the Cowboys <laughs> not shit. Um but anyway, yeah, 49ers, man. That's the squad. So, I have the 49ers for Wentz. What were, what, what were you thinking? I'm, I'm just curious. For? For Wentz. For Wentz? Um, let me see. For Wentz, I really didn't have anything good for him. I mean, because I don't really see any teams putting any faith in him. So, I felt like he was either going to go to – um, the Colts, unfortunately, I felt like they were going to try to see the MVP caliber quarterback in him and just overreach and draft him and make a mistake. Yeah. Um, but I hope they don't do that. 
I mean, I feel you, and I feel like the Colts, like, like even with, like, they're going to get somebody, and I think it's going to be either, like, someone like Sam Darnold or yeah. Wentz or, like, Matthew Stafford or something. They might go out and try and reach, you know, tread the waters over in Detroit for Matthew Stafford potentially. Right. They're going to get somebody. And I think Matthew, and, you know, Matthew, we didn't, we didn't really bring up Matthew Stafford when we were talking earlier. Yeah. But, I mean, 5-11 and 11 year. Um, <laughs> but, did, like, that didn't defense. Play bad. Yeah, that defense though, like Matthew Stafford's the sole reason why. Yeah, they even won a game. Hey, absolutely, and like, he's one of the most durable quarterbacks in the league. And he doesn't get credit for it. No, yeah, he takes a lot of punishment. He stood in there week seventeen and still took punishment. Yeah, and and you know, well, so. I go back to his rookie year, and this was the first game he won. I think it was the zero and five Browns versus the zero and five Lions, mm-hmm. and. He hurt his shoulder. Yeah. And then, like, you know, he comes off the sideline. I think they ran a play. And he comes out, and he dislocated his shoulder, I think. And he was out for a, a, lot, a long time after that. Mm-hmm. But he came back in to throw the game-winning touchdown to win the game. <laughs> you don't see that a lot. No. You like, definitely don't see that. Bro, he's a fighter. Yeah. I mean, like, that's like – I mean, you've played sports. Me and you've talked about this. That's the guy you want to lock That's for. why I want him to play for the New England Patriots. I think that honestly, I've thought if he was going to go anywhere, New England would make sense, yeah. or or Indianapolis, New, one of those two. Yeah, Indianapolis would be a good fit, but I I want him with Belichick because he can throw at all three levels. I guarantee you, if he went to New England, he would I guaranteed win t- at least two Super Bowls. Yeah, I mean, straight up, all three levels. He can. There's no excuse for him not to. Yeah, their defense is still solid. Um, Cam, there was a one year experiment. Yeah, we can go ahead and get to that right now. Cam, <laughs> Cam, yeah, one year experiment, um, and and that didn't like see with Cam. I don't know where you are with him. Mm-hmm. His entering the last year with Carolina, yeah, so the beginning of last season, I knew he was done. Yeah, I, and that I knew before he played his first snap, I just knew it. I was like, he's done. This is his last year with Carolina, yeah. and like. Like with a quarterback like that, when you're a running quarterback, and he was predominantly a running quarterback, the it's not it is not a like like with you're seeing a slow decline for Brady and, yeah. and Breeze and all these other guys. It's a drop off. It yeah, with a running quarterback, it's a yeah, yeah. just a drop off. It's a dip. Yeah, and like the, a lead balloon. And the thing is, is like Cam, you know, I, I you know, he's the guy that I rooted for. I, I rooted for Cam because I wanted to see him succeed. That only took about three games. <laughs> I said about three games, and I was like, mm, he'll probably beat somebody like the J- Jags. Yeah. Or, you know, the Jets. He'll, yeah. be, he'll get you some wins like that. Yeah. But when you're talking about primetime football, you put him in there against a good defense, mm-hmm. what is he going to do? Nothing. I, and, I mean, like, that's nothing against him because he's he is past – I like those KDs, by the way. Those, <laughs> I appreciate <them> sharp. <laughs> Like, you can keep that in there too, Jay. <laughs> um. But yeah, nah, man. Like I, his you just I always knew once you took his legs away, yeah, he was not gonna work. And I that was always my argument with him. And like, if you want to succeed in the NFL, you have to be a passer. But I still think somebody is out there for him. Yeah, you know, I feel like he's gonna get another job just because. Like, I give him the credit. He was hands down, and will always be so far in my opinion. The most athletic, most athletic player to ever play the game, and he had the most potential out of anyone to ever play the game. Maybe aside from Bo Jackson. Oh yeah, uh, you know, definitely. like he is on that level from when he, because when he is on, nobody can stop him. Yeah, but that that cam is is long, long gone. We haven't seen that cam since two thousand seventeen. My thing is, when you get in your own way, 
That's the problem. Yeah. That is the problem. I understand that these guys, they want to make statements. They want to be, uh, this is my brand. And, and, uh, you know, I I gotta, I gotta make sure that, you know, people know I win my way and, you know, I want to stand out from everybody else. I understand that, but win. Yeah. Win first. You haven't won shit, Cam. You ain't won a goddamn thing. Mm -mm. But at the same time, you sitting here in front of everybody after a loss and you're like, what y'all talking to me for? No. No, we're not going to do that, Cam. Well, that's the thing with the quarterback, too. If you're the quarterback, you you soak that responsibility. Exactly. Exactly. There's no escaping. There's no walking off in the podium. Yep. If it's a Super Bowl loss and you leave – your other your teammates yeah. didn't get that opportunity. Yeah. They didn't get that opportunity for them to uh before the game to get interviewed. They didn't get that. Cam, you did. Exactly. You get what I'm saying? After yeah. the game, when whether you win or lose, you're gonna have that well, same because opportunity. That's the most publicized position. If you're gonna get all the credit for when you win, you definitely deserve all the brunt for when you lose. Exactly. You know, and like I hated it with Carolina Panthers fans when they would always be like well, it's not his fault. Why does he get all the blame? Blah, 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 blah. No, it's his and, fault. And, and yeah, and I'm like, and you want to know what? Like, it used to piss me off growing up watching, like, Jake DeLome as our quarterback. And, like, yeah. everyone just trashed him and trashed him. And, like, you know, he did the same thing that Cam did for us. Yeah. He took us to a Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, and, like, he had shoulder surgery. And, like, before his shoulder surgery, he was he was actually a very solid quarterback. Jake DeLone was better than Cam because he would not lose you games. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, towards the end of his career, he would yeah. because of the shoulder surgery. Right, but before right. then, yeah. He, he was, would not lose you games. He no. was if, if, if it was a game to where he couldn't figure out a defense, yeah. he would become a game manager. And Carolina mm-hmm. had a run game. And a defense. The yeah. same thing Cam had. They had a run game, and that defense kept them in that Super Bowl. Yep. Who lost that? That was Cam. I'm sorry. I got to say that. I mean, he didn't. Well, like, it was the same thing, like, with what happened with Lamar Jackson. It, uh-huh. If you watch the Buffalo Bills game, yeah. it reminded me a lot of Super Bowl 50. Yeah. Because all they did was stack eight men in the box and, you know. Make you throw it. Yeah, make you throw it. And, like, Lamar Jackson and Cam are so similar when they get blitzed, they're paranoid. They have no idea what to do. Yeah, my thing is with Lamar, though, is I've seen him get blitzed, and I've seen him make the right plays. And he can. I've seen him he do He has it. a better mindset and than This Cam. is why I, I have him favored over Cam and why I'm sold on Lamar Jackson, Yeah. but I was never fully sold on Cam because Cam, from year one to year two, you can see a little bit of improvement. Year two on to any other year. Yeah. Except for the Super Bowl year. No. The MVP year is the only outlier. He still did the same thing. He kind of did, but like I'll give you, I'll say this, because he completed 59% of his passes, which is around his career average. Yeah. But a lot of them were inflated because of bombs to 10 Gid. Right. What I'm saying, though, is Ted Ginn was his best receiver in 2015. That one year, Cam Newton had to take what the defense gave him. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't have like someone like Calvin Benjamin, because Calvin Benjamin was out that year. Because he got injured, you remember? And that was the best thing that ever happened to Cam. Because he finally had to actually take what the defense gave him. And he had to become a conductor. And he just stayed away from that as soon as Calvin Benjamin came back. And he could never, ever get that back. I think Calvin Benjamin was the worst thing that ever happened to the Panthers' offense. Oh, yeah. Because it's just like like, uh, Antoine Bowden was to the 49ers. Yeah. I mean, yes, he's a great receiver. Mm -hmm. But you need speed. Yeah. You need speed to win in today's NFL. And and if it wasn't for the 49ers being the slowest offense, like as far as like their wide receivers and their tight ends, they would have won a Super Bowl. 
But I mean, same thing with Carolina. They're they just didn't have the speed yeah. to keep up, and they tra- like Steve Smith. I don't care what anybody says. He should have retired a Panther. Yeah, I mean, but I get him going to Baltimore because he had he had some left in the tank. I just hated how that situation. Played I just out. wish he would have went to. I stay wish he would have stayed in Carolina I know. because the thing is, is like the thing I love about Steve Smith. And but I it's never, like what's happened with Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey. You can never like have two big egos. I mean, I'm, Christian McCaffrey's not a big ego, but Cam and Steve Smith. <laughs> Are big big egos. Yeah, that's and true. And you cannot have both of that in the locker room. So they had to choose one or the other. I don't like that. I don't. I think Cam should have shrunk. I felt like he should have too. I think he should have shrunk because what? And I'm gonna tell you what won. But that Steve was Smith. the first red flag. But this is the thing that won yeah. Steve Smith for me. Uh, I don't remember who they were playing. I remember Steve Smith caught a pass. Yeah. From Cam Newton, he gets hit about the five yard line from the te- from the touchdown, the ten yard line from the touchdown. Mm-hmm. He dislocates his shoulder. Yeah. Still manages to get to the end zone. I'm sitting there like, who is this dude dragging his arm to the end zone? This guy is fucking nuts. This is like, I was sold ever since then. I was like, nobody should ever trade this guy because when you make a play like that, you your heart is in it. Yeah. And so I don't care if you're 40 years old. And just like we show, just like he showed when when he went to Baltimore. He went and kicked Carolina's ass. Yeah, he did. Put up, <laughs> I mean, put up two he touchdowns. Put up the on best, him. <laughs> the yeah. best game he had in 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 years. Oh, so. he whooped them. Yes, I remember that game. by himself. Oh so. yeah, he did. Like, yes, he did. I remember that one where like it, it was like it was meant for someone else and it bounced off and like he caught it and oh, then it was just gone. Oh man, that I, was like so many moments with mm-hmm. Steve Smith and I was just like, if, if there's anybody that should retire on, on one team, yeah, it's like Larry, it's Larry Fitzgerald. He should retire a Cardinal. A Cardinal, yeah. Um, Steve Smith definitely should have retired there. Um, a Panther, yeah. Um, uh, Julio Jones needs to retire Atlanta. A Falcon, yeah. I hate that because they do need. Um, they need. Some, they need. God, they need a defense. They need a lot. Please, Lord, give them a defense. We're gonna pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I feel so bad for Atlanta fans. They were so excited because you know they got you know girly now and you know yeah. he's excited and then. The, Five I just games. I knew it wasn't gonna four just, games go by and they're like oh. oh I knew it man like <laughs> I knew it I was like y'all getting excited over nothing like yeah, Atlanta man. fans tripped me out this year I was like y'all were awful last year you think Gurley who was not the same Gurley is gonna yeah you know instantly boost you and they got stars on that defense too and I don't understand like you know you got Deion Jones in the middle yeah and I think the world of him because oh he's solid he can do everything oh, as yeah. far as pass coverage as far as rushing the quarterback. Yeah, man, it's just a sad thing to see in Atlanta. <laughs> it really is. I think, I mean, I think honestly with Cam, if if I had to put a guess on it, I was actually going to kind of go into Atlanta because I don't know what, they, what they're going to do with Matt Ryan necessarily. Yeah, they need to keep him. They, they might move on from him, though, because they do need to do a rebuild. And I think Cam would go there because, you know, like he's from Georgia. Yeah. He grew up a Falcons fan. He said that, but... I think Chicago makes the most sense for him. Yeah, because, I mean, he doesn't really have to do much there. That defense yeah. is going to do what he needs to do. As long as he just stays in. in, in I mean, if he's yeah. good. In my opinion, he's good for a couple good plays yeah. each game. Now, he's going to make some mistakes, but that does that's a solid enough defense, like you said, to shore up those mistakes. If Cam can transform his ego into an MVP, mm-hmm. into a game manager, there's no telling what he can do. He just has to really work on like 
He just has to work on being a better passer. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing because it's it's always from day one, it's been a mechanic issue with yeah. him. And I remember seeing the same exact thing over and over and over again, that it was a mechanic issue with him and they never got it corrected. And I feel like Matt Nagy, he's a good offensive minded coach. Like maybe he's someone that could help work and critique Cam enough to like, you know, prolong mm-hmm. his career. But if Cam Newton like can just fully take an off season get healthy, and put it all in one season. I hear season. this every year. I hear this every year. I don't want to hear it no more. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I'm saying if he can hone it in on one year, yeah. then the best chance he has to do that with is Chicago because they have a solid enough defense that can propel a quarterback who's going to make mistakes like him. I'm not the type of guy that's given Cam Newton excuses over the years. I've always been critical of Cam because he's a number one overall pick, because he's a former MVP. Right, absolutely. And I, so you have to treat him as such. Mm-hmm. And I lost faith in him after the 2016. Like, I lost faith in him heading into the 2015 season when we went to the Super Bowl. But he had an MVP year, so I was like, okay. Yeah. But I had to, I had to slow myself down and be like, do it again. You no, have not. to do it again. And he never did. And so I never got resold on it and I'm not going to, and I was like, I'll never subscribe to it if you do not like do it again. And so, but it, the, he has the best chance to do that with um, Chicago, especially if they bring back Allen Robinson and because David Montgomery's in the backfield and he's a solid running back. I'm going to say is, is the way they lost in that Super Bowl is it, it, it takes some resurrecting yeah. to come back it does. from that. It takes some humbling to come back. And I just haven't seen that from Cam. You no. look at his offseason, he's with uh, OBJ. Yeah. They're throwing passes, you know, making highlights and stuff like, oh, like this is going to matter. What do you think? You're Colin Kaepernick? Yeah. No, no. Sit down somewhere, learn a playbook, watch some film. Mm-hmm. I want. This is what I want to see Cam doing. I want to see Cam in the film room with John Gruden. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? That's what I want to see him at quarterback camp at all times because his problem has never been his athleticism. No. It's been his decision making. Exactly. It's been his mechanics, like you said, throwing on the run. Well, when you have Chicago there, you have uh, what the same things they do with uh, Trubisky. They throw him in in the bootleg, or you know, they have him throwing on the run, and that's where he's successful. That's where Cam is successful. I can definitely see that. Yeah. And I think you keep Trubisky there. I don't think you should deal him. I don't think that he's a. My thing is, you traded up for him. So, like, don't don't cut your losses on that right now. I mean, he's he's entering the last year. They don't they decided not to pick up his fifth year option. So I mean, he's he's definitely not returning to Chicago. And now if they decide to keep him as a backup, which is highly unlikely, in I want to keep him as backup. I don't think he would be because I mean, like I know he wants to compete. He's a former first round pick, and I feel like he's going to wind up with a similar story. Like maybe not like successful story, yeah, he's but a good. similar story like uh, Ryan Tannehill or like what Marcus Mariota did where they took a backup deal. Now, I don't know if that's going to turn into him actually becoming a solid quarterback. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's what I think. And to be honest, that's going to segue into what I think is, I think Tampa Bay is the right situation for Mitchell Trubisky. Think about it like this. Because Tom Brady signed a two-year deal, so he's about to come to the end of his deal, right? Right. What if he does what Jameis Winston kind of did and goes to a quarterback university for a year, basically? Yeah. Yeah. You know, learns behind Tom Brady. Bruce Arians is a very good offensive-minded head coach. 
He's also going to be cheaper. He'll most likely sign a two-year deal or something like that that allows him to, the first year is going to be a little cheaper most likely so he can learn under Tom Brady. Right. But the second year, he'll most likely get the bulk of it. It would be a back-ended contract. And then for that second year, Tom Brady will most likely leave or you know maybe they re-sign him. If anything, they'll cut their losses with Mitch Trubisky. I don't know. But if Tom Brady decides to retire, you now have someone who sat under him for a year. They're going to have to keep together the defense that they have because they have a solid defense. And that's like you're going to need a cheap quarterback option for that to keep all the pieces they have together, along with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. You know, and then this is just what they have. I don't know what they're going to have by them, but Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, O.J. Howard. You know, Gronk's going to leave when Brady leaves for sure. He's not going to stick around with another quarterback. He only came back for him. That's facts. But, yeah, Cameron Brate's also going to be there in the tight end department. They've got Keyshawn Vaughn that they drafted recently oh, who could potentially be something. Yeah, and then who knows who they're going to draft from here on out. Like, so Mitchell Trubisky has the best chance of succeeding in that position because this is going to be a team that right now they're learning how to play playoff football. Mitchell Trubisky has played playoff football, so they're going to all be an experienced team by the time it comes down to it. And Mitchell Trubisky will have taken a whole entire year to learn the offense. And you literally have to also take into account that for him sitting for a year after being a guy that got traded up into the first, into the second overall pick to get him, or maybe he was the third, I can't remember. But it was close, yeah. One of that sits in your psyche. And if you're going to have to be a backup, that's going to light a fire. And I don't know if that's going to turn it translate into much, but that could brew up something. So I'm going to say this. First off, Mitchell Jabisky is not Aaron Rodgers. No, God, by no means. All right. I don't have any faith in Mitchell Trubisky. First of all, if I don't have any faith in Mitchell Trubisky, that offense that came there for Tom Brady is not going to have any faith in Mitchell Trubisky. And I'm I'm just going to be honest. Like, I know that it sounds good on paper, but when you look at the guys that came there to play for Tampa Bay, the offensive weapons that they have, they're not going to want to play from Tom Brady to Mitchell Trubisky. No, I don't think that's a good move for uh, for Tampa Bay. I mainly see that's where I saw Deshaun Watson going. Mm-hmm. I see Deshaun Watson going to Tampa Bay. Um, I don't know how. I think they got the pieces. If they want to trade for him, they have it. Um, if anybody does, uh, I think he's the best fit for them because they're built to win right now as far as with that defense, as we can already tell. Um, I, don't, I don't like uh, Deshaun Watson going to the Colts or uh, the Jets, or any other team. I just don't – I'm not sold on their success. For one, the Colts' offense is kind of – But see, Deshaun Watson's going to be traded, like, right now. Like, there's – I don't think that there's any way that Tom Brady agrees to go to Houston, and there's no way that both of them wind up on the same team. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm saying, like, as far as – as far as if there was a – if there was a best fit for them. Oh, yeah. I mean, you I know, personally, like, Deshaun Watson on the Bucks would be. I like yeah. Deshaun Watson there. I mean, I know there's no chance in him getting there. I understand that because of the contract situation. And then Tom Brady, he's not going to retire, especially if yeah. he wins, which is, is close to it right now. Um, but I, I just, I, anybody but Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, but like, <laughs> but it, okay. So at that, by that time when Tom Brady does lead, the reason why I think so is because at least Mitchell Trubisky will have been a veteran quarterback. He'll have had a year to sit down and learn from him. I mean, I don't, I'm don't. i not saying that the players are going to be excited. And I'm not like even saying that I believe Mitchell Trubisky is going to be successful. Yeah. But in a situation like that, 
that would make like for a franchise, you know, who is coming off of a, basically a quarterback that they were because they the Bucks were saying we were a quarterback away. Yeah. Last year when they went and got Tom Brady, and so <clears throat> when you bridge off of that and you go off of like we're in win now mode, we're signing an older quarterback like, and you have that team already on the table. You're I don't I mean you might do this, but it's hard. It would have to be the perfect situation. You don't want to start over with a rookie quarterback with that type of roster. You'd almost want a vet. Now, they could still draft a guy because imagine if they have Mitchell Trubisky in place for one year. That's almost like even if they do anything, he would be a Band-Aid. I don't think he's ever going to be a franchise quarterback. I think he's going to be a journeyman. I just think Tampa Bay is that first stop. Yeah, I I think that uh, Trubisky is a, you know, as far as – as far as a quarterback goes, he's going to get you about that one to two touchdowns a game. Yeah. One to two. Um, he's going to get you about two, 200 yards a game. You know, that's that's about the cap of that. He's going to get you some interceptions in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really don't see that as a, a good fit for Tampa Bay. I see him more going to a team um, that – and I think he wants to play now. I think he wants to play now. I don't think he wants to sit behind – I mean, everybody would love to sit behind Tom Brady. I guess that sounds good, but some guys want to play now, and I think he's one of those guys um, banking it because he was such a high draft pick. And the guy only played what thir- 10 games, eleven games in North Carolina. How many games did he played? He didn't he play played the whole one season. full season. He didn't play the whole season. He was he missed some games there. <clears throat> no, he played the whole year. He played the whole year. Yeah, he did play the so whole year. It was the second. Hold I on. called out of work one time to go and watch them play Miami. So that let me, year. <laughs> let me, yeah, let me make sure because it was uh so the last year he probably played the whole year, but the year before that, well, the year before that, Marquise Williams was the starter. Uh huh. And, and yeah, so he only played. I had a conversation with his family when they came into my pizza shop, and his little brother. It, this is actually a true story. Uh-huh. His family came into Mario's Pizza when I worked there, yeah. and I served them. Yeah, I served them some food, <laughs> and his little brother, man, like was so cocky and confident, like. And he was talking to me. He was like, Mitchell Trubisky, remember the name? I was like, man, he's got to beat out Marquise Williams. He's like, oh, he's better than Marquise Williams. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, man. Like, Because Marquise Williams was that dude back yeah, then. Yeah, man. I mean, he was the, obviously the upperclassman. But still, like, Mr. Trubisky did wind up in the NFL. He but did yeah. pretty good, though. Like, he did pretty good. But my thing was, he only had <laughs> one year starting in college. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So, like, for him to be a first-round draft pick off of what you saw in that one year – I wasn't really. I never agreed with it either because I felt like Deshaun Watson was better. Yeah. You know, and I truly was one of those people that was like, Deshaun Watson does need to be drafted above Mitchell Drabisky. Absolutely. Because the competition level, first of all, like the ACC is top tier talent that you're playing against. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, I don't, I never would, like, that's why I never wanted Dwayne Haskins to go in the first round. Yeah. There's just, I don't think you can't be a guy that comes in and plays one year of college football and go to the NFL and be successful. Like, tell me a time when it's happened. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. Ever. So I I just, I just think that that, that all automatically set him, set him back. And, you know, I think he did pretty well for the bears and I like to see him stay there. I really do. I like to see him stay there, but um, he just hasn't shown enough to where, yeah, he's just not there. (laughs) He's not there yet. So, um, well, talking about Tampa Bay's ghosts of football future, let's go into the present at least because uh, I did want to – I know you were talking to me and you wanted to give me your predictions of what's going on this weekend. So have you have you heard have you heard where I'm going with it? Where are you going with it, man? Let me let me hear what you got. Let me. 
So like, well, first of all, I got the I originally I I did kind of like last week call an upset and I got the Cleveland game wrong. I thought Cleveland was going to upset Kansas City. It just felt like something was brewing. Um, but I was wrong. And everything was set up for it. I felt like it he was. He was so, oh God, it was so set up. Pat Mahomes got injured. I was like, oh, Mayfield is going to take the Browns. I, I know. Oh, I, my God. <laughs> I know. I was like, man, oh, imagine. Baker, Baker. I've been talking shit about Baker all year to the end. I, look, let me tell you something. If anybody knows me and I talk football to anybody, I have talked shit about Baker all fucking year. Really? Like, Baker Mayfield? I love Baker. Baker's going to do what? Fuck Baker. Baker's not going to do shit. He's going to be in commercials. But I actually do like the kid. because I'm going to tell you where it sold me on him. Who was they playing? Texas. Uh, was it Texas A&M? Or uh, who was one of them schools where he grabbed his nuts? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, What yeah, school yeah. was K- that? Kansas. It was Kansas, Kansas State Kansas. or something like that. Yeah, I think it was Kansas, I want to say. It wasn't. It was somebody's state. Kansas State, I think it was. Kansas State, maybe. Hmm. I don't think it was Kansas. Some, it had something at the end. I don't care. Anyway, basically what happened was they didn't shake his hand at the yeah. motherfucking, uh, at the beginning of the game. He was mm-hmm. like, all right, all right, I got you, motherfuckers. Went down, <laughs> threw a test, ran for a touchdown or something. Came and grabbed his nuts on the sideline. Like, y'all motherfuckers ain't going to do shit. I was like, oh, shit, Baker. I can't wait till he get to the league. I was excited. Then he went to the Browns, and I was like, oh, man, he's going to be trash. Just like any other quarterback that goes to the Browns. But I mean, I yeah. gotta say this, Baker. I was shocked when they drafted him number one overall. Look, that was the best thing the Browns have ever done. I know. I was. I was ever, shocked. Ever have done? Because I wanted them to draft. Um, I wanted them to draft Josh Allen. I I felt like the Josh Allen to me did deserve to be the number one overall pick. Yeah. And but I'll tell you what, like I don't. I'm with you. I don't think the Browns made a bad decision. No, not at all. Because like ever since. When when they drafted him, and he started playing, I was like, okay, he's showing some flashes, but is he gonna win in in Cleveland? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Baker's not shit. So I was talking shit about him all year. They lost to the Steelers earlier, and I was like, I told y'all, Baker's not gonna do shit. If he can't do shit in these divisional games, mm-hmm. he's not gonna do, be shit. Towards the end of the year, this he man started beat the up. Steelers. Yeah. Then he beat the Steelers again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo. This kid, Baker, okay, everything, the stars are aligning for him. And then they're playing Kansas City, and Pat Mahomes get hurt. He was leading them back. He They should have just went for it on that fourth down. I'm that sorry. drive, yeah, that drive that they had, I'm sorry, you you got to go you for got it. To, it's three your minutes only left. chance. Because if you, give, if you give Andy Reid a situation to draw up a play, yeah. one play, it's over. It's over. Yeah. Like, if you give him all that time in the world, because Andy Reid on a bye week. Is just one of the best coaches ever. Yeah. Um, but I did get that wrong. But I did get the Buffalo Bills right. So yeah, I, I do. Did. I'm high on the Buffalo Bills. You did. Okay. Um, and then I got the Packers right. I got the. I thought New Orleans was gonna win, but so my predictions was I have Buffalo and I have the Packers in the Super Bowl, and then I have the Packers beating the Bills. So you have that's been my predictions this whole entire Super Bowl and I'm in this whole entire playoffs and I'm sticking with it. So everybody knows where I'm going. I'm just curious though as who you think is going to be in the Super Bowl and also I'd like to see who you think is going to win the Super Bowl. Before I give you my prediction, I have one question for you. Okay. What can Buffalo do with Tyreek Hill running from one sideline to the other? Okay, well, first of all, Tredavious White and Micah Hyde, I think, are going to cause a lot of fits for the Kansas City's. Like, you know, now they have a lot of weapons. 
But Buffalo, first of all, their defense is playing at a high level. They they did really really good against Lamar Jackson and the um, Buffalo Bills. I mean, and the um, Baltimore Ravens. Absolutely. Indianapolis. Uh, what a lot of people don't understand was that game. Indianapolis matched up so well. Like that was such a like. If just really like think about it. That was a close. I knew that was going to be a close game because they are very similar. That's just force absolutely. meets force. Yeah, absolutely. And but Josh Allen was the number one quarterback statistically down the stretch of going into the last four games. If it gets into a shootout, we know like you know Pat Mahomes is kind of not practicing a lot a lot this week because of the whole being in concussion protocol. So he's not fully practicing. I'm just waiting on you to doubt him. Just waiting on I'm him. not doubting him. Okay. I, I'm not like I do not doubt Pat Mahomes. I'm just saying, like, I always like it's to me it's vanilla to go. Like, I mean, it, now if somebody else chooses the Chiefs, that's fine. But me, I always like to go against the grain. I got you. No. But I think Josh Allen is one of the only quarterbacks in the NFL capable of competing in a shootout because he has Stefan Diggs. He has John Brown. Cole Beasley's a very good, like, underneath receiver. Zach Moss and Devin Singletary are solid. They have legitimate guys. I mean, they they don't have a like great pass rush, but their defense is playing a little bigger than it has been, and they yep. can get to the quarterback. And they have a very very solid secondary that I think can cause fits for guys like Tyreek Hill. Now they're not going to shut down everybody, but Tremaine Edmonds is going to match up beautifully against. Uh, Travis Kelsey. Okay. Legit. Like, he's going to match up. He's one of the only linebackers that, in my opinion, that can run with him because he could be a safety if he wanted to. Right. So he can match up with him. Um, And you're not going to stop everybody, but you just have to, if they can generate enough pressure to make it to where Mahomes doesn't have time to survey the whole entire field, that's a very winnable game. And, like I said, Josh Allen can get into it. If there's anyone that can compete with Pat Mahomes in a shootout right now in the AFC, it's Josh Allen. To me, it's going to come down to one thing, and that's going to be the running game. It's going to be the running game for Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm going to tell you, everybody's expecting Pat Mahomes to go out there and be Superman. I don't think he has to be Superman for this game. I just think he has to play in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. And that's it. I think that their running game is going to carry them throughout this game. Um, just because of the fact that they're going to be so prepared to pass that Andy Reid can mix it up so well in that running game and that offensive line as far as run offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they, they're they're amazing with it, So especially on those trap plays. Um, so I, I feel like when it comes to Kansas City, um, it's just it's, it's Andy Reid, man. It's Andy Reid. He's going to find some way to get it done. And the determining factor besides the running game is going to be Tyreek Hill running from one sideline to the other because nobody can fucking keep up with him. And if you try to play zone on Pat Mahomes, he's going to kill you. I mean, and like, I know, like, they just, that is just, I don't know, that's so hard to stop Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. It really is. If you stop it. Kelsey's is coming down the middle. Yeah, you stop it. The running game's going. I mean, I know the I know what it's like betting against Kansas City with Pat Mahomes. Yeah, but and I'm not like I'm in. I would no way ever doubt Pat Mahomes. No, I like, get what you're saying with yeah. the Bills. Like if it's anybody, like this is a game that where anything can happen. The Bills can actually blow them out. They could happen. They, they can. They have the potential to blow Kansas City out. They get off to a slow start. Mm-hmm. But also in the second half. 
Pat Mahomes. You, yeah, Pat Mahomes. Like can Andy Reid is one of the best halftime quarterback like coaches. Yeah, and Pat Mahomes is a smart, smart dude. And when you have a smart quarterback and you have a smart head coach, that's what I'm saying. I I can't I can't count. I understand that Josh Allen is hot right now. Mm-hmm. I understand that that defense is playing the way. I mean, they're on fire right now. I get that they beat a Colts team that a lot of people didn't expect them to get past. A lot of people had the Colts winning that game. I mean, I had like if the Colts weren't didn't match up against Buffalo, yeah, I had them beating any other team. And nobody saw them beating um, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, some people saw them. Yeah, you I, saw them. Yeah. But I'm saying, like anybody that I talk to or you you uh, listen to analysts, they expected Lamar Jackson to go out there and just kill him. Mm-hmm. But the way that uh, they played him, I mean, it was just like you're you're not gonna run, you're going to pass this. And you're not, you're not going to run with the running back. No running yeah. game is going to come out of here. So if they try that same thing with Kansas City, Pat's going to kill them. And if they – I mean, you, I, I just don't see how they can stop everything that the Kansas City Chiefs it's, are going to It's going to be hard. And, I mean, like, that's the thing. It, it's going to be very hard. Yeah, but, but you got Kansas City, though. Then. Yeah, I got Kansas City on that one. I'm, I got – you know, I understand the bills. I get you. But <laughs> – Hey, I don't, I don't blame you, man. Like, yeah. I'm, you know, trust me. I – if you if you're choosing the Kansas City anybody, like I'm 100 percent with you and yeah. I totally get it. Like me, I just like to go against the grain, you know. I feel you. Army of one. <laughs> I, hey, look, I, I can't look. If I if I would have been right last week, I'd be talking shit to you. But I, I'm not gonna talk shit about the Bills <laughs> right now because they done proved me wrong. So I'll be quiet. He's like, I'll be quiet. But uh, Buffalo, uh, old what? Panthers North, Bills yeah. Mafia. That's what <laughs> I call Bills them. Mafia? Man. They got, yeah, they got. <laughs> They got so many guys, like their whole entire organization is ex Panthers, like Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott from the yep. Panthers, Mario Addison, Mike Tolbert, Josh Norman. I think Mike Tolbert's retired, but they had Derek Anderson as their backup quarterback for a while. Like Panthers North, man. I love yeah, them. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, um, I'm really hoping you're going the opposite way with me, too, on the uh, NFC side. So, I, you know, I have Green Bay. I can understand that. I Who can do you think? Aaron Rodgers. Okay, um, see, then I, that means you are going with Tom Brady then. No. Oh, Tampa Bay. Fuck no. No. I'm going to tell you why. I would not bet money against Tom Brady. Yeah. Because historically, yeah. that does not work. I've lost a lot of money thanks you will to Tom lose. Brady. You will lose a lot of fucking money betting against Tom Brady. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what, what it, if he lose. I called both Giants Super Bowl stuff, but that's because I always bet against him. That's one and what? <laughs> <laughs> Two and what? <laughs> well, like, look at Tom Brady's record. And if you reverse it, like, that's how many times I've, like, that's my record better yeah. than against Tom Brady. Yeah, <laughs> that's legit. But, you know, um, Tom Brady, I feel like um, he was hot last week uh, yeah. against the Saints. And I felt like they crowded Drew Brees a lot. Um, they really contained him in the pocket. And he he is the guy that has to have space to throw over those guys. Mm-hmm. And he just didn't have that. So that's where you see like Drew Brees and Baker Mayfield. They make mistakes because they're smaller quarterbacks. Yeah. When you when you collapse that pocket around them, they can't do. They uh, uh, we're, we're gonna go with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I saw a lot of that franticness with uh, Drew Brees, and I don't think it's gonna be that easy to stop Aaron Rodgers. No, it's not at all. Man. It's gonna be a good game though. Oh it's no, gonna it's be gonna a be a shootout. Game. Yeah, it's gonna be a shootout. And I'm gonna tell you this right now: if Tom Brady gets behind in this shootout. He is going to lose. He's no comeback for Tom Brady. In no, this you have to. If you want to be like now, this is like, I mean, if you really go to the base of what I'm about to say, yeah. it's it's obvious. But if you want to beat the Packers, you have to outscore them. Yeah, like you're not going to win a defensive battle with them because Aaron Rodgers at any given time, 
He's going to find a way. Matt LaFleur just elevated Aaron Rodgers so much. He was already a great quarterback, but he was held back by Mike McCarthy exactly. so much. Exactly. You know? And he hated it. So you can tell. Well, and then, like, you look Aaron Jones. Yeah. Like, Aaron Jones is a beast. Devontae Adams, we know what he is. Like, and I know that Tampa Bay. Yeah, consistently. Like, that man, it, it, he's the offense. Like, automatic. he is the receiving core. He's just automatic. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, if he's throwing it to Devontae Adams, it is a completion 20 yards. Yeah. Point blank. Well, I'm like, Aaron Rodgers throws 50, like 40 passes a game, something yeah. like that, you know? And, I mean, he completes 37 of them. Because that's <laughs> how, you know? So, it's like, you look at those 37 catches, like 20 of them, 25 of them just go to Devontae Adams. Yeah. These are inflated numbers, obviously. But, if but you it goes like, it works. <laughs> it goes two across the board for everyone else who is a pass catcher, except for, like, maybe four to fucking Aaron Jones. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you literally, like... I just don't see anybody stopping them. Like, no. and I think what happened in the off season has fueled Aaron Rodgers more than what anything ever could have because he felt so disrespected. Oh man! By them drafting Jordan Love, and he's not mad at Jordan Love. No, no, he he'll, he'll mentor him because he remembers yeah. how Brett was to him. Exactly, Brett was a dickhead to him. Yeah, he was. And he Brett was like, "That's not my job." But look, Brett needed to be that way. Mm-hmm. That's what made Aaron had that chip on. I mean, I felt like if Brett would have took him on and mentored him, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have been the quarterback nah. he is today. No, nah, like because he hardened him. Now I have no idea if he's like doing that too with J- Jordan Love. But yeah, like Some part of it, I'm pretty sure. But I'm sure like Brett Favre is a smart enough dude, and well, like mainly Brett Favre has literally just come out and said he was like, no, that wasn't my job to mentor him. I yeah. was just like he said it. But like I mean, yeah, that gives you that chip on your shoulder. Absolutely. And I mean, he does thank Brett. I've heard him like you know he's like I needed that. Like he said it. Absolutely. I think there's nothing that's gonna stop Aaron Rodgers. And I'm just gonna say it right now. He's a bad man. <laughs> you had to pull that. He's a bad, he's a bad he is, man. man. Hey, look, Aaron Rodgers is going to go out there and he's going to throw at least three touchdowns. I think he's going to throw an interception or two. Oh, yeah. But it's not going to stop him. I mean, because like the, the Bucks secondary is very solid. Yeah, it's not going to stop you him. Know? That's that's the difference between him and, let's say, another quarterback playing against Tampa Bay. Yeah. Like, they, they're not going to get over those interceptions. Aaron Rodgers, he'll throw them early. He's not going to throw them in the, in, in the beginning, I mean, the end of the game. No. At all. Like, the only shot that Tampa Bay has is if they can just legitimately, like, go out and put enough pressure on Rodgers to force at least one or two three and outs. Yeah. You know, one in each half. If they yeah. can force one in each half and then, and, and you know, Tom Brady, this is why, like, this is going to be such a good matchup because Tom Brady can very easily do this. If he can extend, extend if, drives. Yeah, yeah, if you can – and he extends drives because he'll dink and dunk you to death. Oh, yeah. And if they can force a three and out and dink and dunk them to death, get a touchdown out of it, and, like, it, the the drive before – if they have scored the drive before and they cause a three and out and then Brady dinks and dunks down the field like that – and, and if both of them are touchdowns, that's hard to come yeah, back from. Because your rhythm's gone. Exactly. Because, like, Aaron Rodgers, like, you know, as much as he, as good as he is, any quarterback, if you take them out of the yeah, rhythm, you absolutely. know, that is what the Buccaneers have to do. But if Aaron Rodgers comes out and he is, like, just on a tangent, because if you look at the last game that they played, yeah. just look at it when they, when they got their, blown out by the Bucs. For the first quarter, Tom Aaron Rodgers went three of thirteen, I think, mm-hmm. and he threw one pick six for sure. Yeah, and and one of them apparent like one of them, if you look at it, almost got returned back to the house. Should have been a pick six, really. He should have threw another one, 
but and he only threw like 33 passing yards or something like that. It was it was a very low amount of passing yards for one whole quarter. Yeah, I I don't think he's gonna do that again. I'm gonna tell you right now because of that game, Aaron Rodgers is going to win this game. Yeah, he's going to find a way, and I I'm saying it right now on the air. Everybody hear me right now. Oh, this is going on before the game for sure. Absolutely, Aaron Rodgers is going. Well, I was going to say destroy. I'm not going to say destroy. Aaron Rodgers is going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Oh, for sure. By himself if he has to. It's so, going to happen. Which I'm 100% with you on that. I'm, I'm kind of glad we got one that we got to agree on, and I'm really glad we got one that we got to disagree on and kind of give our yeah. back and forth. <laughs> so I, we all know I have the Packers beating the Bills, so we're going to go over your matchup, Kansas City and um, Green Bay. Kansas City and Green Bay. Who do you think wins? It's like Rodgers versus Rodgers 2.0. Rodgers I mean, like, versus Rodgers 2.0. You know, yeah. it's, 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 it's a State Farm Bowl. Yes, yeah, <laughs> basically <laughs> that's what it is. Um, um, like I said, man, Kansas City makes it to the Super Bowl. It's gonna be. I don't see the Packers stopping them. You don't see it. I don't. I don't see. I think it's gonna be a shootout. I think it's gonna be one of them fifty point Super Bowls. I think like if they play. That is going to be, it's going to be like, you remember when the Rams and the Chiefs played last year? Yeah. Or no, two years ago, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and it was like that that big like 50-50 game. And yeah. Yeah, yeah I gonna, think it's going to be a lot like that. It's going to be a 50-point Super Bowl mm-hmm. at the minimum. That's just that's just me being generous. I, I think so, too. I think it's going to be a shootout, yeah, but, for because, sure. And it's all going to depend on whether Aaron Rodgers can get some help in that running game. Yeah. And if they can make some plays on defense. See, I think Aaron Jones can destroy that defense. I mean, Chris, so? Chris Jones is good. Um, He's a good defensive tackle, don't get me wrong. And now that defense does play bigger in the playoffs, but Aaron Jones is a beast. But I'm just going to be definitive with that. Since you asked me, I'm going to say I really think Aaron Rodgers is going to win that game in the re- uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. And the reason why is because they don't blitz enough. Yeah. And that works for, you know, 80% of the quarterbacks in the league. But that doesn't work against No, Aaron Rodgers will torch you. You're going to have to blitz him. He's one of the very few quarterbacks. If you blitz him and you give him pressure, like he's just going to quick slant you. Yeah. And then eventually you're going to have to cheat. You know, you're going to have to cheat back and stuff like that. Or if you if you come at him, he'll bomb it too. But you've got to. You've got to. You got no other option. Yeah. You can't just send four and three at him. Mm -hmm. You can't do that consistently. Yeah. You and I think Kansas City does a great job at choosing. They're very selective with their blitzes. But they're very passive with it as well, yeah. and I think at the end of the day, that's not going to bode well against the Green Bay. Yeah, Packers. they don't generate enough pressure, in yeah. my opinion, to beat them. But like, it's going to be, it is going to be like whoever is like, I feel like legitimately that it's going to be a game. If that if that's the matchup, one turnover is going to decide the game. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's going to be a close game, and it's going to be a fifty point game. Yeah, I, I want to see that Super Bowl. I would love to see it too. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like if e- either way it goes, first of all, I have Packers in it no matter what. Either yeah. if it's Buffalo or Kansas City, I know the marquee matchup is Mahomes versus Rodgers. I mean, it's just so crazy that the Packers are back. And oh, I've been waiting for it because crazy. like Rodgers deserves it. Yeah, man. he does. He does. They waited too too long to fire Mike McCarthy. Yeah, you know, and I mean it worked out because they got Lafleur. But they sent him to the right place where all coaches go to die. Yeah, Cowboys. Yeah, basically. I mean, like, <laughs> I just don't like though. I hate. I don't. I, I hate the Cowboys signed him. I'm glad they got rid of Mike Nolan. I feel bad because like my dad's a Cowboys fan, oh, and we, yeah, we go. 
You know, it's like in the care package. And Jay, you know, Jay's just you know, Jay is hands down, like y'all ain't really had the chance to really talk to Jay, but Jay's just the most wonderful human being there ever was on the face of the earth. Poor Cowboys fan. And yeah, he's a Cowboys fan, so I feel bad that they even hired Mike Nolan last year, you yeah. know, because they had to put Jay through all that turmoil, and that's just not cool, Dallas. Well, like, Jay kind of deserves that shit. You don't know him like I do. I mean, I don't know. Jay's just, Jay's an amazing <laughs> person, you know, like... That's that's my opinion. Think Jack Mosley, man. Jack <laughs> Mosley. <Jack> Mosley. <laughs> he got the best side eye look in the game, though. Like me and Brad rolled up in here one time, and like we both, it was the first time we were coming over, and like you just he heard two car door slams. You see him open the door, he hits you with one of these. Oh yeah, like that little side co- eye cock back. You know what I'm talking that's about? That's because he finna grab the pistol. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's that look. <laughs> yeah, what it is. That's all it was. He just wanted to know that he need to roll out the chair or did he need to run to the room. That's that was the was. funniest look. He got the meanest one in the game. Now, <laughs> nah, man, ignorant intellectual Jack Mosley, Stavo Jones, the sound guy, Kendall. Yeah, we in there. Shameless plug. I had to throw that in there. <laughs> well, look, man. I think um, I've literally talked and rambled this whole entire night, but I. I'm going to cut the podcast tonight, but I'll tell you what, man, um, before I do, I just want to say I'm, I'm really glad that you decided to take time out and come over here again. Um, what, to talk football? Yeah. Well, anytime, I, man, <laughs> anytime. Fuck that. We talking football. Yeah. I, I just, I enjoy you on here so much. You bring such a different, like, vibe to it. Like, I sat back and listened to our last podcast, man. Yeah. <laughs> and you just like, well, yeah, because, like, I listened to All Mine after it's said and done, and, like, I just sat back and listened to it. Well, first of all, when we were doing it, mm-hmm. it just felt natural. And then going back and just listening to it, I just loved our back and forth. I love your, like, personality that you bring to the show. So, you know, I'm excited for more and more episodes with uh, with Stavo Jones as a, you know, guest and, uh, you know, co-host with me. Yeah, I'm very honored. Very honored. I'm uh, with the, uh, in here with the football guru here, Angelo. He does way more studying than I do, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Hey, he, he, you brought it tonight, man. I'm telling you, like, I, I enjoyed this. It was a great, it was a really great episode tonight. Absolutely, man. Blessings to you, man. I appreciate you. Hey, no problem. Like we say at the end of every single show, we out. We out, DB.